Welcome to The Ripple Effect with Soria, where we discuss personal development, the entrepreneurial journey, and impact. Here is your host, Armando Soria. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to The Ripple Effect with Soria. I'm your host, Armando, and today we have an extremely special show for you. Before I introduce my next guest, I would just like to remind you that if you find any value in the show, do us a huge favor, make sure you share it. The more you share it, the more impact we can create in our community. Thank you in advance. And now without further ado, my next guest is a serial entrepreneur, seven business businesses. She is a philanthropist, a best-selling author, and a speaker. I'd like to introduce you all to Miss May McCarthy. Hi, May. Hello, Armando. It's so great to be here with you. I appreciate you taking the time to join us. Uh, it's uh, it's truly is uh, an honor to sit across the table from you digitally and uh, and have this conversation. <laughs> so thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. I love Zoom. We can be in different states and different cities and different countries and still be able to connect. Right. Right. So, May, to, just to kick things off and to get things started, uh, some of our listeners who aren't necessarily familiar with you, your work um, or your books, could you do me just a, a favor and introduce a, yourself, talk a little bit about maybe yourself and some of the businesses that you've started? Sure. So, in a synopsis, hello, listeners and viewers. Um, I'm May McCarthy, and for the last 41 years, I have had the pleasure and privilege to start and grow seven different successful companies. Um, my largest was in telecommunications in the 90s. We did uh, over 100 million in annual revenues. Uh, I sold my last company in 2012. I am an angel investor. I look at about 80 different companies a year. Oh. And if I like them, uh, some of them I will go ahead and invest in. So if you've seen that show, Shark Paint, mm. I'm like a little minnow compared to them. Very nice. Um, I also serve on boards for business, philanthropic, educational, and arts organizations. I advise dozens of small and medium-sized companies to use the practical and spiritual tools that I write about in my books uh, so that they can figure out ways to enjoy life and work, make it more fun and joyful and prosperous. Uh, I have written a best-selling book called The Path to Wealth, Seven Spiritual Steps for Financial Abundance. And I wrote a follow-on book called The Gratitude Formula mm -hmm. a couple of years later. Um, I am hired by corporations and different spiritual centers to travel the world, sharing these principles that I write about in my book. Mm -hmm. And um, my purpose is to elevate prosperity and freedom for all. So thanks for having me on that, the show. That's beautiful. And, and you're definitely living your purpose. Um, I, I, I'll, I'll share with you um, a little bit on that as we kind of move through it, but that's, that's amazing. And that's quite the resume and that's, you know, it's, it's always, uh, it's always a challenge to introduce someone that has so much, you know, has accomplished so much. And, and again, just thank you for, for being here. Um, I'd like to ask, uh, with all that going on, you know, the seven different businesses and obviously, you know, in different times, and I'm sure there was just a lot going on, but through all that, what inspired you to write, to write your book, um, specifically the path to wealth? Sure. That's always a great question. So, um, I have spent time in universities and different centers 
uh, in my community. I was living in Seattle at the time, and I was on the board of uh, entrepreneurship programs for both Seattle University, and I also uh, volunteered for the entrepreneurship programs over at University of Washington. And around town, I would teach workshops, or I'd go into the classroom and teach about goal attainment strategies and entrepreneurship. And my philosophy uh, in goal attainment is to partner with a spiritual source of intuition, mm-hmm. which I'm sure we'll get into later. Mm-hmm. So I was teaching these workshops. I tell a lot of stories because for me, if I can hear a story of application, then I remember the principle. Yes. It's much easier for me to remember it. So I'd hold these workshops. Sometimes they were multi-week workshops and we'd go into great depth. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they were just a three-hour workshop and we'd you know skate over the major points. And lots and lots of workshop attendees would come up to me and say, you know, the, this is so great. And you told a lot of stories. Mm-hmm. Have you thought about writing a book so we can have those stories? Because those are the things that really help people remember the uh, principles. Absolutely. And, you know, I'll be honest with you, Armando. I never considered myself an author. Now, I write all my own marketing materials for mm-hmm. all of my businesses. And I've had businesses where I look like I compete with Fortune 20 companies. Mm-hmm. I own my own business contracts and get attorneys to peruse them and make sure that, you know, they're legal and and that they've got what's necessary in them uh, in terms of state regulations and laws. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I love to write, but I never considered myself an actual author. And so I had a block about that. And finally, I just decided to use it as one of my goals. And I said, you know, to my spiritual partner mm-hmm. in my meetings, I said, if this is something I'm supposed to do, you write the book. I'll, yeah. I'll be your vehicle, but you write it and you make it easy and joyful because I don't do anything unless it's fun. Right. And uh, sure enough, and, and I tell the story a little bit in my second book, The Gratitude Formula, about how these intuitive hits that I would get and I would take steps that I didn't know what the outcomes were going to be, but... Mm-hmm eventually led me to a publisher that was in my space, uh, which is which I consider to be the spiritual space. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it got published and um, we launched it and it became a bestseller for a short <laughs> period of time, but nonetheless, it still made, made it. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, still made it. And um, it, it's interesting because I wrote the book, The Path to Wealth, as a spiritual book. You know, mm-hmm. using spiritual principles along with practical solutions to achieve more of your goals. Right. But what ended up happening is Amazon decided that it was a book that needed to belong in the finance category. Wow. It's not a finance book. Mm. But because I happen to have a business background, I guess they thought that's where it should be. And the kinds of people and and companies that have contacted me as a result of getting their hands on the path to wealth has been extraordinary. None of these people would have seen my book had it been in the spiritual category. Right. And in the finance category, you're 
you're competing with, you know, Freakonomics and <laughs> all sorts of different kinds of really, really excellent business books, which I own many of. Right. I've read. Um, but it it just didn't occur to me that that's where it would land. But again, it's up to the, this spiritual partner I have. Yeah. Work it all out. And I'm, I'm grateful. The book came out in 2015, and I'm grateful that so many of thousands and thousands of people around the world, I, I was just on a podcast, not a podcast, but a Zoom meeting yesterday mm. with a client that I have out of South Africa that's going to be teaching oh, wow. material from the Paths of Wealth. So it's been taught in dozens of countries and all over the United States. And I still am invited to come and speak and teach workshops and, and looking forward to making it back to California in January. That's, that's amazing. The, and I just, I'm grinning ear to ear just because, um, so here it is, here's the, uh, the path to wealth. I'm sure we got that in the camera and, um, you know, I want to dive into it, but before, so I just want to share with you and I know we briefly spoke about it, but for the listeners, I came across the book. Um, it was back in March, <clears throat> March of this year. So it's, it's pretty amazing to be sitting across from you when it was only, you know, a few months ago where I, when I discovered this beautiful book and, and, uh, I was, I was really just starting my, my real personal development, you know, my real entrepreneurial journey. I've had my business for, um, at that time, it was, uh, just, just over two years. Um, I'm finishing up year three now currently. And, um, I was, uh, I was doing, a. I was doing a lot of uh, physical activity. What I was doing was uh, there's there's this mental fortitude program called 75 Hard, and you know it's it's teaching you to build consistent habits and incorporate fitness and reading you know reading 10 pages a day of nonfiction um, you know self help type books that kind of thing. And so the book I had picked up was my mentor's uh, Christopher Warren's book, which is called Dominate Your Day: um, A High Performer's Guide to Winning at Life. And I had picked that book up. And actually, actually, I was I, I'm wrong. I was doing the audiobook, and I was taking it in during my morning walks. Um, and what really resonated with me was a chapter on gratitude. And in that chapter, he he described his morning routine, and he introduced this new concept that I've never heard of called you know writing a gratitude letter in the morning as part of his routine. And honestly, I've just the fact that I've never really been involved with or read many books on in in this space and you know connecting spirituality with business was kind of it was foreign to me but i loved it and I, it really it really hit a chord with me and in that book he spoke very highly on of you and your book and uh and basically referenced your book as the as the the go-to for more information you know please read may mccarthy's path to wealth and so I consumed that that audiobook, but in, but while in doing so, I immediately implemented the morning routine, uh, his morning routine outlined, and, and of course gratitude journaling. And at the same time, I had ordered your book and started reading it, and uh, I couldn't put it down. And it's a it's a like you said, it's you you nailed it. It's just a fun, joyful read. And I, so I, I went through it and immediately incorporated um, the seven practices in my life and was completely blown away once I established the relationship with my CSO. And again, we'll get 
or the CSO, and we'll get into into this uh, here in a minute. But I just wanted to share that with you, and just to add to it, I was so inspired by by this practice that I, of course, then contacted my friends. You know, I called Tony, who was my guest last on the last episode, and others, and I shared with them, you know, your book. Oh, guys, you guys have to read this book. You guys have to incorporate this this uh, the seven practices, and a couple of them did, and the ones that did immediately started picking up the phone to call me to celebrate their wins that happened <laughs> as soon as they started doing the work. And I mean, it was just like, is this coincidence? What What's going on? Because again, this is, you know, a blue collar restoration guy, you know, property damage, that type of, you know, getting into all of a sudden this enlightenment when it came to spirituality, abundance and, and, just all of it, right? All of this beautiful, I don't, I don't know, we call it a genre or, or a space, but anyway, so that's, that's the background on, on how I came across it. And of course, um, you know, later on, I'll just share that I had the nudge to reach out to you and invite you to be on this show because it's made such an impact in my life. And I just, you know, so thank you for, for, for writing it. And um, with that being said, could we talk about the path to wealth? Sure. Sure. Yeah. So the, the path to wealth, there are three different sections of a daily practice. Uh, the first is the morning meeting with your spiritual partner. So you have to make a commitment to take on a partner so that you don't have to do all the work yourself. And that may sound a little crazy. But how many times have you had an intuitive hit, a gut instinct to go somewhere, do something? Um, maybe when you were thinking about buying a new car, you looked at all the different kinds of models and you uh, you know, narrowed it down. And didn't you start to see that car traveling around everywhere? Mm-hmm. And so you're, there's two things going on. One is your subconscious is pointing out that wow, there's that car again. Whereas before it was a goal, you never noticed that. Mm -hmm. The other thing is there is intuition that comes to us and we get to choose whether or not to pay attention to it or not. So we all know that intuition is a tool for success. Bill Gates said often you have to rely on intuition. And Steve Jobs said you actually have to have courage to follow your intuition. Mm -hmm. And Oprah Winfrey said that she has listened to that still small voice of intuition her whole life. And the only time she's made mistakes is when she didn't listen. And Jeff Bezos, Steven Spielberg, and the list goes on and on. Dr. Wayne Dyer, you name it. Mm -hmm. All of us rely on intuition as one of the tools for our success. So what I invite readers and listeners to do is to consider that there's a source of that intuitive messaging. I happen to call that source my chief spiritual officer (laughs) or CSO. And the reason I do that is because as a CEO of different companies, I surrounded myself with subject matter experts. Mm -hmm. I had a chief financial officer that is an expert on finances a chief operations officer that is an expert on operations, a chief information officer that took care of all of our IT needs, chief marketing officer, and so on. Mm -hmm. 
These are all subject matter experts that know in detail way more than I do. And I rely on them. Well, I thought that this spiritual partner, this, this source of intuition knew more about everything than, than all of the subject matter experts. So I actually gave it a title and I call it the chief spiritual officer and I put it at the top of my organizational chart so that I, as the CEO, reported to it. <laughs> and you can imagine what my employees said. They were asking me, who is the CSO? Is it a man? Is it a woman? Do we ever get to meet them? And my response was, it's a principle. Hmm. And the principle is that there's intelligence that's available to us. We've had these hits where we should go somewhere or call someone or do something. And we don't really know where they come from. Well, let's just assume that there's a source for them. And we can partner with that source to enable us to take steps towards a goal that we describe. So I ask my employees, if you happen to um, have a customer that's really, really angry about a problem, instead of focusing on the problem, take a couple of minutes and say, CSO, I'm really grateful that this, so that there is a solution for this and that my customer is really happy and pleased with the outcomes. Mm -hmm. Just take a moment and get out of the problem and be grateful for the solution and see what shows up. And then, you know, text me, email me, let me know what's going on. Well, I was flooded by <laughs> my, my employees telling me about all of these wonderful intuitive hits that they'd get to create solutions, to uh, solve problems, to achieve the things that they wanted, not only for themselves and their career path, but also for their personal lives. Mm. And the nice thing about that term CSO is it's not a religious term. And we had every religion possible practice mm -hmm. within our company. It's none of my business what people believe. Mm -hmm. But everybody could get behind this idea of something that we can't see that provides us with intelligent information as intuition. Mm. So that seemed to work pretty good. And I decided that I would share in my book and in my workshops a simple process to keep goals at the forefront of your thoughts. So the morning practice is the first four steps. The first step is to take five to 10 minutes and read something inspirational. I like uh, short stories about ordinary people having extraordinary experiences hmm. or about people that are doing things that I would actually like to do. Like perhaps I want to work in a particular industry. Maybe I want to be a real estate agent. Well, I might read stories about people that went from nothing to be really great real estate agents right. and, and what they did so that I could be familiar with their success. And as I am familiar with it, I might start to believe, wow, if they could do it, I could do it. Mm. So something that inspires you, five to 10 minutes. The second step is to write out a gratitude letter to your CSO. Now, 
people can call their CSO anything that they want. Mm -hmm. Some people call it spirit. Some people call it divine intelligence. Some people call it God. Some people call it Fred. Right. I don't know why, but there's a guy that was in one of my workshops and he decided to call him Fred. <laughs> Other people call him, call it friend, mm -hmm. my friend. Good morning, my friend. Mm. And you, you write out the letter so that you're grateful for what you have. I'm grateful for a wonderful sleep last night and that I feel rested and filled with zeal and vigor. Um, I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for the work that I get to do. Grateful for this wonderful podcast that I get mm. to be today with Armando <laughs> and those kinds of things. Then you write out what you're grateful for that you want, but mm. you word it as though you've already achieved it. So for instance, in one of my goals in a previous company, I was grateful for a minimum or more of $400,000 in new revenue by such and such a period of time so that I could be of, our company could be of great service to our current and new customers mm. so that we could grow and provide them with additional support and innovative products and services um, that are superior um, and that they are delighted and happy so much so that they tell all of their peers at other hospitals that they should buy from us too. Hmm. Now, I didn't have that, but I wrote it out as though I did. Hmm. And, in, and if I had a goal for health, instead of saying, you know, I want to lose 10 pounds, I might say something like, I'm so grateful that I uh, physically fit, trimmed, toned, energetic in a healed body that easily moves through life. And I'm eternally youthful and increasingly more beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's my goal, right? So mm -hmm. I can write whenever I want. So the idea is to write out what you want, but word it with gratitude as though you already have it. What that does is it stimulates your subconscious to filter billions of pieces of data that you're going to see throughout the day. And it might illuminate those things that are in line mm. with the goals that you have. Because your subconscious wants you to operate in integrity. And if you're saying you already have it, mm. it's going to go on high alert to make those statements true. In addition to that, the intuitive mind starts to think about what steps it can give you to take. So you get an intuitive hit, maybe to call somebody, to take action, to do something towards that goal. Mm. And you either take the step or you ask your spiritual partner for another lead. Hey, CSO, if that was an intuitive hit from you, give me another lead and then just be quiet and see what happens. So you write out these things and you... Uh, end it with you know love may mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, you know I'm grateful and and uh, and then you end the letter. The third step is to take about five minutes and read what you just wrote out loud. Yes. Now the nice thing about that is that you can hear what you wrote. So if you did say things like, "I don't want to be in a fight with my relative," you can correct that. Say. I'm grateful for harmonious relationships mm. with all my relatives. And you can you can change it. Reframe it, yeah. 
Right. Because when we say things like I don't want or I want to get out of debt, those kinds of things create a mental image of you. In those situations. That situation. Mm. So your subconscious and your intuition will do whatever's necessary to keep you in that situation. That subconscious is very literal. <laughs> well, and it doesn't understand the don'ts, the mm. negatives. So it'll make a mental picture like, I don't want to be in debt. It'll make a mental picture of being in debt. I had a salesperson once that used to say, I don't want to be late for appointments. And she was always late because it made a mental picture of her being late. Mm. So she had to change her words and say, I'm so grateful that I'm always earlier on time to my appointments and I make a great impression as I articulate the value proposition that we have to serve every customer. Mm. So just switching the words, and it takes a little practice, just like learning to ride a bike right. or to drive. So we read our letter out loud, and then the final step is to take just a few minutes Pick one of those goals that you just wrote about and see if you can make a mental image. Close your eyes and see if you can see a movie in your mind about you already being in the completed goal, mm. right? Already having $400,000 in your business banking account to be able to do what you need to do. Already having that good, healthy body that is taking on hikes and and, and helping you move through life easily. Already having those harmonious relationships with your family and coworkers and customers. Already having whatever it is. If you struggle to make those kinds of mental images, then find some images on the internet or in magazines and cut them out. Mm. And just hold it up for a moment and then close your eyes and see if you can at least see that smiling customer or see that big bank account, or see, you know, what appears to be family members sitting around a table laughing for mm. harmonious relationships, those kinds of things. So that's the whole morning meeting. It takes a half an hour. Mm -hmm. Some of the complaints I get are, well, I'm so busy. I get up so early anyway. My kids are running. Uh, this <laughs> Excuse, excuse, excuse. Right, right. And my response is, if you're happy with the way your life is, then don't do this. Mm. But if you want to try something to change your life to what you desire, then it's going to require a little bit of change on your part. Mm. Set the alarm for a half an hour early and just do it. And what, what you'll find if you do that is after about the fourth or fifth day, you start waking up right before the alarm goes off. Mm. And you look forward to doing the daily practice. And in my book, I give some examples of letters um, so people can. Yes. And some examples of wording and affirmations and mm -hmm. things like that people can use. Yeah, I, I love that. Um... I love that example that you wrote where I think you finished off by, you know, the paragraph went on to say, now you don't know what I actually have. And, and, you know, you don't know, you can't tell the difference between the things that I've already, that I'm grateful for, for having and the things that I'm grateful for that have yet to come. And it's, it just, it just really illustrates that point, you know, just that, you know, that <clears throat> just that process of, of, of clarity in your writing. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, you, it it <clears throat> takes practice, but um, people get used to it as they as they practice it. So that's the morning meeting. They get showered, get going, enjoy your day. The fourth and fifth, I mean, the fifth and sixth steps happen during the day. The fifth step is to expect and watch for these intuitive hits. Sometimes they show up as a gut instinct. Sometimes they show up as a flash, maybe a thought that comes into your mind. Sometimes they'll uh, show up as somebody giving you some information that that sort of resonates with you. Uh, maybe they make a recommendation to do something. Whatever it is, I even saw um, an intuitive hit on a billboard. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. <laughs> there was a huge company out of San Diego that wanted to resell our software and equipment to their customers. And um, I had a bias, which, you know, you can certainly read about in the book if you want, but mm. I had a bias against this company and, and the players. And because uh, I had known them from a previous company. And I kept saying, CSO, I need another lead. CSO, I need another, I need another lead. Now, any of you and your listeners mm -hmm. would have gotten these leads and said, come on, May, don't be an idiot. <laughs> Obviously, the CSO is telling you to at least investigate the opportunity. And uh, But I again, I had this strong bias. So when you get intuitive hits, you're not allowed to do nothing anymore. Mm -hmm. You can either take the step or ask for another lead. So for the 50th time, I'm asking for another lead. <laughs> and as I was driving across the bridge on my way to my office, I saw this billboard. It said, <laughs> your fortune will be made in San Diego, well, which there. is where this company was located. That, that's and, pretty amazing. So <laughs> I, I laughed because my CSO had a sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> I went to the office and called the president of their company and, and we set up an appointment. And as it turned out, we did end up having a great relationship. Um, ultimately, they ended up acquiring our company and all of our customers and employees were served very, very well mm. through that whole relationship. So it worked out pretty well. Yeah. So that's step five and six. The last step happens right before, oh, step six is once you get a lead, then what you want to do is celebrate with someone um, that you got the lead. Like for mm. instance, I saw the, the billboard and my sister, uh, her company happened to office in the same building that I did. So I went over to her office and we held hands and jumped up and down. <laughs> I said, look, I don't know what this is going to deliver, mm. but do know it was a lead. And so I'm celebrating the lead. And then I had a little notebook that I wrote down, just a, a little note that said, saw a billboard, made the phone call. What? So you celebrate and you, make, and you note demonstrations. Mm. And the reason that you have that little notebook is because sometimes you're not feeling really... Um, energetic you know maybe something happened that day that you know just you just don't have a whole lot of energy or you feel down maybe somebody that you love is hurting or you know something's happened and mm. it's not feeling feeling real joy um, that's a great time to pull out that notebook and take a look at how many leads you've been getting mm -hmm. 
and that what your spiritual partner has done for you before, your spiritual partner will continue to do for you. And, you know, just take it easy today and, and tomorrow will, will be a better day. Yeah. Just a reminder. And then finally, the seventh step, which happens at night, uh, is right before you go to sleep. While you're in bed, think about two or three things that you may have done or may have experienced during the day that you're grateful for. I, I used to always be grateful for parking spaces up front <laughs> yep. if it didn't have to get rained on. Right. Or, or um, a great call with a customer or some new business or, um, you know, a, a joyful celebration with a family member. Whatever. You don't have to look at any notes. Just whatever comes to the top of your mind. So two or three things, you know, thank you CSO for this great day and for these things. Then we say a giving forth, uh, you can call it a prayer or a statement. You can call it whatever you want. Mm. But idea is that in order for us to receive and recognize those messages, those intuitive hits, those leads, mm -hmm. we have to be in a relatively calm state. If we're angry or upset or fearful or if feeling any sort of turbulence at all, it's hard for those messages to be recognized. For mm -hmm. instance, think about the last time you were really angry or worried about something. If one of your family members came up and tried to have a conversation with you, could you really hear them? You're, you're tuning them out, yeah. Yeah. Well, the same through you know, with your spiritual partner, with your CSO. So this giving forth prayer, this this forgiveness giving forth mm -hmm. is to get rid of anything that's within you that's taking up room. You know, we, we take it and we put it over here on the side so that we now have room to receive the good things that we want. Imagine a full bottle of water. If it's filled to the brim, can I fit any more water in there? Mm. No, I can't. I have to pour some out in order to have space to put water in. Well, the same is true for us. If what we want are good things to come into our lives, then we need to make room for them. And the easiest way to make room for them is to take what's not serving us, mm. unforgiveness, doubt, anger, jealousy, resentment, mm -hmm. any of that stuff that's not serving us, and we take it and we put it over here on the side. You still own that pile. Mm -hmm. But now you've got room to receive the good things that you want. So the giving forth prayer is listed in my book. I've modified it a little bit for my own use at night, but it goes something like this. CSO, you know, thank you for all these great things that have happened today. If there's anyone from my past or present, anyone at all that I need to forgive, whether I remember them or not, I now do so. I bless them, I love them, and I release them into your care for you to work in and through them whatever way is best. And if there's anyone from my past or present that needs to forgive me, including myself. 
they now do so, and we are free. Mm. Amen. Good night. Amen. And, and then go to sleep. Mm-hmm. So, and the word amen essentially is I believe. Um, so it can be modified any way that you want, but the idea is that whether we remember it or not, we're just giving it forth. Mm. Now, that does not mean at all that I am condoning any behavior that other people have done to your listeners or to any of the students that I am involved with. Mm. Some really, really bad stuff has happened in people's past. I am not condoning the behavior at all. But I really, really want the highest and greatest good for people. And if they're holding on to that and it's taking up room within them, they can't receive the good things that they want. Mm-hmm. So they've got to take it and put it over here on the side and, and let it go. Now, the interesting thing is, and this is what my students have told me um, and also some of my clients, mm-hmm. they think that after a while of doing that practice, they looked back at this pile that was on the side and like three-fifths of it had disappeared. Yeah. It didn't matter anymore. They didn't care because they were receiving so much of the good stuff that they wanted mm-hmm. that they just let that go. And a couple of them, you know, for some real doozies, mm-hmm. uh, they had gone and, you know, gotten some professional help mm-hmm. for those. Or they worked some of the other forgiveness practices that are out there to mm-hmm. to help remove those. But um, it seems to be a good a good way to end the day. Yeah, and lightens the load and makes room for good to show. So those are the seven steps. Yeah, those I love all of them. <laughs> I really do. And you know, just just talking about the the seventh with the the forgiveness and or the the giving forth. That one's. I remember it kind of stopped me on my tracks. Uh, honestly, uh, during the time when I was reading reading it, um, you know, just in my own life and personal things and whatnot, I because I think it actually says it in there somewhere. Um, you know, you're probably thinking about that person right now or that situation, and I was like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking about. But uh, I've learned through through your book, through working with uh, with with my mentor and coach, and and things of that nature, and, and working through myself and um, some of that baggage, I guess you could say, I've um, realized just how powerful forgiveness is in terms of just like you said, making that room for the good to come into your life, and it's uh, a <clears throat> it's not easy, and and you know uh, we gotta we gotta kick that beehive sometimes, but it's uh, it's pretty. It's profound. Um, so thank you for for highlighting that one um, in your book, and of course now on the show. <clears throat> I think uh, along those lines too. Um, when it comes to there was there was something to be said when when it comes to writing the like your goals and whatnot. There's some blockage there too sometimes that I feel like that's where we kind of find at least for me and my you know as I'm kind of if I was as I was going through it, I realized that. I started uncovering some of those limited beliefs as well as I'm kind of, you know, as I'm writing these goals, because I'm like, well, <laughs> uh, working through doubt or whether or not you deserve it and, and that kind of thing. And I, I just want to make just a quick, uh, I, I'm highlighting that f- for the reason of just understanding that 
those those type of issues and um it's it, that's creating that blockage right from receiving yeah so so you touched on a couple things there mm. like when we're consumed with something that mm. you know is concerning to us uh, a situation a person a you know some event mm. and we're we've got this rat wheel of, of worry that's going on or anger or some mm. sort of negative emotion. You know, how do we handle that? And then the second one is about, you know, ways that we are able to achieve something that we don't think is possible. Mm. So starting with the first one, um, remember we can't, recognize those intuitive hits, those intuitive leads, those messages, when we are consumed with a negative emotion, it's this turbulent, turbulence within us. Mm -hmm. So our job is to get ourselves back to as calm a situation as possible. Uh, one of my friends, uh, she had a goal of a minimum or more of $10,000 of unexpected revenue for her company. Now she had her expected revenue, mm -hmm. but she wanted an additional 10,000 mm -hmm. of unexpected revenue in that particular month. And while she was going through the month, they were hitting their numbers and she ended up uh, getting an email from an old employee who hadn't worked for her for years. Now this employee had done a lot of damage and she lost some pretty big customers as a result of it. Mm. And this employee ended up quitting, never apologizing, and leaving. And she saw this email, and he was congratulating her on some uh, recognition that she had gotten, some award or recognition. Mm. And all of a sudden, the old um, anger showed mm. up. She thought she had done all of her forgiveness work, mm. and here it was back. The hairs on the back of her neck were up. She was pissed off. She was just consumed. She's like, I'm not going to reply to this guy. I want to strangle him. Mm -hmm, I mean, mm -hmm. it's really upset once again. And so she called me and told me about it. And I said, look, you have to get yourself to a calm place. I need you to repeat over and over and over again. I bless you. I love you. I forgive you. I release you. I bless you, I love you, I forgive you, I release you. Every time that person shows up in your mind, you say that. She goes, but I don't believe it. I don't I don't bless him, love him, and forgive him, and release him. I said, I don't care. Just mm -hmm. say it loud. The first day, you're probably going to have to say it about 5,000 times. Mm -hmm. The next day, you're only going to have to say it 4,999. <laughs> right. And the next day will be less, and the next day will be less. Mm -hmm. So she committed to do that. After about a week of doing that or several days, she um, got this thought, wow, I wonder what he's been up to. So she Googled him and, and was able, through her ability to use a computer, find out that he had changed jobs almost every year. Now, that's a huge red flag for somebody that's hiring, mm -hmm. you know, see that. So mm -hmm. he either got himself in trouble and got fired or he quit and took off. And she thought, wow, what a miserable life um, that would be. I bless mm -hmm. you, I forgive you, I release you. A couple more days go by and she goes, wow, I wonder if he has gotten some help and he's trying to make amends. I don't want to talk to him, mm -hmm. but 
maybe he's trying to turn his life around. She had this little bit of compassion. Mm -hmm. I love you, I forgive you, I release you. And she had to say it less and less every day. And one day, oh, I don't know, maybe about two weeks afterwards, she thought of him one day and she recognized that she wasn't emotionally riled up, mm. that the thought of him had safe passage right through her brain. And she just thought that was interesting. She didn't have an emotional reaction. Well, shortly after that, she got a call from a customer. This was one of the customers that had left her company during that whole mm. fiasco. They wanted to re-engage with her company and provide her a $10,000 deposit. Oh, wow. <laughs> In her business, deposits are unheard of. In fact, the business that she does, she, she does the work, her company does the work, and they don't get paid for like 60 to 90 days after the work is mm -hmm. completed. Mm -hmm. For someone to offer to give her $10,000 up front <laughs> is a miracle. Mm. Now, could she have received that anyway because she was doing her daily practice? Maybe, but it but it's my belief that she needed to release that turmoil. Make that room. Mm-hmm in order to receive the good that she wanted. And this is kind of how this practice works. So if you're feeling turmoil, in my book, there are some of those kinds of um, affirmations or casting the burden mm -hmm. or, you know, there's a number of ways that you can re recite something over and over to get yourself to a calm place. Mm -hmm. Now, regarding the people who don't have a belief that something is possible, um, that's a challenge mm. because your brain loves you. It loves you and wants to protect you. And it remembers all of the times you've had goals in the past that you didn't achieve. Mm. And it remembers how disappointed you were. So what our brains can sometimes do is put those intuitive messages on mute. Mm. If it knows that you don't believe something is possible. And let me give you an example. I have a friend of mine that's a scientist. She works for a research organization. And she had told me after a workshop that she wanted to be a uh, get paid to sing. You know, she just wanted to do it part-time and get mm -hmm. paid to sing. And um, I said, that's great. And so she wrote out her affirmations and all sorts of stuff. And, and uh Maybe a few months later, a month later, I, I can't remember the exact amount of time, she contacted me and said she was going to give up that goal. Mm. I said, wow. She says, I haven't received any intuitive leads, nothing that's pointing me in the direction. Maybe this just isn't the right thing for me. So I asked her, well, can you sing? <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. You know, maybe, <laughs> I, I would never have a goal to be a professional singer because <laughs> I don't have a very good voice. <laughs> but I asked her, I said, can you sing? And so she sang for me, and I got goosebumps. Wow. She is a beautiful singer. So I asked her a little bit about, you know, singing and her history. And she was, she grew up singing. I mean, she was always the one that was invited by the family to sing at any event. And she was in the choir, she it was in bands, you mm -hmm. know, that sort of thing when she was younger. She was always the one that her friends 
in college wanted to take to karaoke. And, <laughs> right. And she sang at, you know, relatives' weddings and mm. stuff like that. She loved to sing. And I said, well, here's what I need you to do. I need you to go find some singers and find out what their journey is to become a paid singer. Mm. You know, there's some places around Seattle that have little trios and jazz bands and stuff like that at different, you know, small venues around town. Go find some of those people and ask them what their journeys were. And some of them, you know, they had full-time jobs, just like my friend. They had um, opportunities to sing at different kinds of events and get paid, and they had fun. And and um, as she was talking to these people, she realized, wow, if they could do it, I could do it. Hmm. The other thing she told me when she was do telling me about her history is I asked her, did you ever want to be a professional singer? And she said, yeah, but my parents told me that was a foolish idea mm. because, you know, that's a hard business to break into and mm. it's filled with all sorts of uncertainty. And, you know, what I needed to do, according to them, was get a good education, get mm. a really steady job that planned for retirement and, right. and so on and so forth. So I became a scientist. I said, don't you see your belief is singing for fun, good. Mm. Singing for money, bad. Mm. You, do, you were told that when you were a kid. So go out and talk to these people that are singing and getting paid for it and see what you think. She started to change her beliefs into a belief of possibility. Mm. So she's at this event that um, she had to be at because she's a a uh, scientist and mm -hmm. they were doing a fundraiser and she sees this trio over in the corner and she starts inching closer to it <laughs> and she's watching the singer and the band and she's right there she thinks oh my god that could be me i could be doing that and she really believed in possibility at that point bam her brain took the intuitive messages off mute mm. uh, within a couple of weeks She's invited to another event. She said no. Then another friend invites her to the same event. She said no. <laughs> then a her friend invites her to the same event. And she's like, okay, fine, CSO. I <laughs> yeah. And she goes to this event. And from across the room, it was almost like there was a beacon of light on this guy. And he starts weaving his way through the crowd and comes right up to her, puts out his hand and introduces himself. And they start talking, and he mentions that he's just taken on a position at this community center uh, where they're going to be putting on an event, and he has to find entertainment. Um, and and um, she's right there. Her gut is just yelling at her, tell him you're a singer. Tell him you're a singer. <laughs> mm -hmm. And she blurts that out, and he says, great, would you come audition? She got her first paid wow. job. She didn't get paid much. Still but, she got, job. but she got her first one, and since then, she is singing in a little band, part-time, oh. and having a great time and getting paid for it. She still loves being a scientist. Mm -hmm. She um, at least is doing that. So she had to do whatever it took to make it, make it seem possible. She mm -hmm. didn't know it, mm -hmm. but she 
had to at least be something that her brain thought was possible uh, for her to achieve her goal. That's so, awesome. Yeah, answered. Yeah, it, it does, and that that's amazing. Uh, that's an amazing story and um, and inspiring because we do we we talk about that in in our mastermind groups and things of that nature where surround surround yourself with people that are doing doing what you want to do right because and for that very reason to realize that it is possible and to reprogram your mind to believing so and it just falls right in line with uh with the, with this practice which is amazing <clears throat> so let me ask me uh those are a couple of the questions that i had when i was going through the book that popped up um what if any message uh or is is there a message that you hope that your readers grasp when they, when they're reading this book. Yes. Um, and, and that is that life can be a game and fun. Uh, it doesn't have to include a whole lot of struggle. Mm. Um, it, it's a lot easier to achieve your desires and your right livelihood the use of your skills and talents in remarkable and fulfilling and satisfying ways, your great relationships, your great health, all of these things are easier to achieve when you partner with that source of intuition. And it's it's really simple to do, and it actually makes it a lot of fun, like me laughing when I saw <laughs> that billboard. Yeah. <laughs> well, that led, that led to, you know, tens of millions of dollars worth of business to our company and um, and even greater successes when our company sold. So um, it, it doesn't have to be a struggle, but it does take a little bit of practice. This is a daily practice. Mm. You don't ever learn it and then you're done with it. The One of the biggest questions I get is, you know, what happens after you achieve a goal? <laughs> right. And my response is replace it with something else that you want. Mm -hmm. um, replace it with a bigger goal. Mm. And uh, it's the same process. You know, success is not a secret. It's it's a system. Mm -hmm. This is just one of the systems that can help people be more successful. That's awesome. Yeah, no, that's 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 amazing. <laughs> so let me ask me now, now, you, you know, you mentioned that you've, um, and thank you for that. And again, uh, we're going to absolutely put a, um, a link, uh, on the, um, on the, on the description. So yeah. Our, can... my book can be, um, if they want signed copies, of course they have to go to maymccarthy.com. But if they, um, just want to get a copy of the book, all the online retailers, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, they all have. Awesome. So, and we have an upcoming event. If anybody's interested in um, taking that three-hour workshop, mm -hmm. I have a twenty-eight-page workbook that everybody gets, and um, it's going to be held in Santa Barbara at Unity of Santa Barbara, which their website is unitysb.org. Awesome. And that's and that's on January seventh. Perfect. Yeah, we'll make sure to to put put something up for that on the description as well, because I'm sure this we'll we'll get this episode released before then, so that hopefully uh, listeners could could go in and join in on that. And uh, if if it's okay, I'd like to just share that uh, you were so generous enough to uh, allow us uh, to share a link as well that has a workbook for everyone. Right. So it's the path to wealth 
goal planning guidebook. And uh, there's a link and you can download it for free. Just put in your name and email address and then it'll give you a download for free. And what that does is it takes you through um, different areas of your life and helps you to get very, very clear on how to word your goals so that both your intuition and your subconscious can work together to point you in the right direction to achieve it. So it's the goal, the Path to Wealth Goal Planning Guidebook. And it's a, it's a great great tool to get clear on what you want. Yeah. I opened it up, um, just the other day and I was going thumbing through it and I'm, 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 I'm excited to go through it. Um, because especially right now, right. What a perfect time. It's the end of the year. You know, we should hopefully have already began some goal planning for, for 2024, but, um, in case you haven't, this is going to serve as a great tool for, for all of us to, uh, just kind of tighten some things up and, and start kind of working through that. Um, may I, want to again thank you so much for spending your time with us and for sharing this wonderful book with us and and diving into it and it's uh like i said this this is pretty cool just the fact that i did follow the lead and and follow the nudge to to shoot you a message and and to connect with you and and here we are, right? So I, and I did, by the way, I did celebrate that win <laughs> when, when I got the lead, you know, and, and I think I got to get a little bit better at that. Um, and, and thanks for the clarification on that, because sometimes I was, okay, well, do we celebrate once we actually attain the goal that we had set out for, or do we celebrate when it, when, when it's just that lead, right? But you clarified and, and it's the lead. Both. Both. <laughs> Both. <laughs> Even better. The more celebrating, the better for, for all That's of right. us. Uh, May, is there anything else that you'd like to add just uh, before we close things out here? No, I just want you, uh, your listeners, uh, all of your loved ones to have a merry and bright Christmas and a healthy, prosperous and happy new year. Right back at you, May. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, we'll uh, we'll keep you posted on the release and and give everyone the information for that event coming up in Santa Barbara. And thanks Thank again. You. Greatly appreciate you, May. Grateful for you. Thank you. Thanks.